0: To express oneself honestly, not lying to oneself, and to express myself honestly, not that, my friend, is very hard to do. And you have to train. You have to keep your reflexes so that when you want it, it's there. The expression of the human body. I mean, the f- everything. I mean, you know, not just the hand. And when you're talking about combat, well, I mean, if, if, it, if it is a sport, now, now you're talking about something else. You have regulations, you have rules. But when you're talking about fighting as it is, with no rules, real fighting. well, then, baby, you better train every part of your body.
1: I'm
2: not surprised, mother... I'm not impressed by your performance.
1: What's up? Where are you at, Joe? I like Big and that pulling me about folks That's how I like to roll, you feel me? Nobody gonna take these presents Thank you guys Thank you so much for this opportunity I'm
2: proud of the you. For to
1: you Don't bring the dog out of me
2: I'm the man of the hour Joe, too sweet to be sour What you see is what you get and what you don't Is better yet I fight for the
1: fans. I want to You have seen nothing
0: yet. (laughs) Running water never grows stale, so you got to just keep on flowing.
3: Welcome back, Penn Nation. You are now listening to another episode of BJPenn.com Radio. As always, guys, I'm your host, Jay Kinch. And as we do each and every week, we've got another great show lined up for you guys this evening. BJPenn.com Radio, we're live each and every Wednesday. At 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific. And each and every week, we are going to continue to bring you guys the best guests with awesome interviews and uh, the best show possible. BJPenn.com Radio and BJPenn.com itself, we are the fighter's voice. And what we're all about on this show, guys, is giving these athletes a platform to speak their minds without any bias. And uh, we're also the voice of you guys, the fans. And we greatly, greatly appreciate you guys, Penn Nation.
1: <clears throat>
3: Tonight's lineup... Another great one, two great guests. Uh, Before we get into any of that stuff, though, I keep telling you guys every single week, and quite frankly, you understand it's my job at this point, your home for MMA news is bjpenn.com. Make sure you guys bookmark us, set up notifications for Twitter, stay up to date on all the latest and greatest in the sport you love of mixed martial arts. All the hot topics, the breaking news, viral videos, exclusive content, interviews, Everything that you crave all in one place, bjpenn.com forward slash MMA news. We have got you covered, guys. I believe we had a new Evolve technique video drop today. I keep telling you guys about those. Very cool stuff. Great content for the site. Um, bjpenn.com, we're the largest independently owned and operated MMA news site out there today. And thanks to you guys, you guys all make this possible, so we greatly appreciate that. As far as our get, <clears throat> excuse me. As far as our guests go for the evening, kicking things off at about eight fifteen, we'll be joined by Bellator heavyweight contender, former UFC fighter, tough alumni. Of course, I'm talking about Matt Mitrione. He's coming coming off of the uh, sensational finish over Fedor Emelianenko, and now he's on the uh, on the hunt for a title. And quite frankly, he's the prime candidate for a title fight in Bellator. Uh, they've had a bit of a, a mix-up with the division, vacated title, not too much clarity what was going on there. But now, as things seem to uh, be taking shape with the additions to the roster, Matt Matreon makes the most sense, and a lot of people's opinions, to uh, fight for the title. So we're going to catch up with him about all of that. We're going to talk about the Fedor fight how things are going in regards to the march towards the title. And, you know, when we're talking about negotiations here with Bellator, nothing's official yet. Um, But I think he is in that conversation. So we'll catch up on all that. Talk about the possibility of a heavyweight tournament. Would he be down for it? Would he rather fight for the title first? All that and much more at BJPenn.com radio my friends second guest of the evening closing out the show i think we run about 40 uh 30 minutes with that mitrion so let's say eight forty-five. the man may have just uh talked his way into a title shot with daniel cormier on twitter via the magic of social media the man has no time of course i'm talking about volkan ozdemir We've discussed it many times on the show, his ascension to the top, number two place in light heavyweight uh, rankings right now. Accomplished all of this in under a year. Incredibly impressive journey to, to, to witness and, uh, quite frankly, to be a part of. But the man has ascended the ranks, left destruction in, the, in his wake, and it looks like he's finally going to challenge for a title. Great conversation with him. We'll discuss... The timeline, timeframes for this, you guys heard him on uh, Helwani show earlier this week, but we do discuss some stuff that they didn't get a chance to cover. We'll get a bit of a breakdown of uh, skill versus skill against DC. Talk to him a little bit about John Jones, Gokansaki Saki as well. And of course, uh, what this all means to him and how fast-paced everything has been, His his will, and uh, confidence in himself and his own skills. Always a great conversation with Volkan. And quite frankly, uh, first time speaking to Matt Mitrione, great conversation with him, uh, very intelligent guy. And uh, I know you guys will enjoy both interviews. But a lot of news to get into, a lot of stuff to talk about. But before we jump into news and, you know, uh, a lot of the tragedies that have gone on um, around the world or in particular in America – this is episode 52 Penn nation of BJ Penn.com radio. It's been a year to date for this podcast. And I just like to thank each and every one of you guys for tuning in each week. Uh, I'd also like to thank BJ, JD, Regan, Scott, the whole team, everybody, uh, for this opportunity, love the sport. And, uh, you know, being able to, to cover it has been an incredible experience for me. So mahalo from the bottom of my heart and, on another somber tone here, our prayers go out to the victims of the uh, shooting in Las Vegas. Truly horrific stuff, and we wish everybody a speedy recovery, and our hearts go out to to, to each victim and, and their families, and the families of the victims who were killed. Um, so much bad stuff in the world today, guys. It, it's truly a strange place we live in, and uh, man, let's all do what we can for the victims and their families. Let's donate money, donate blood, uh, whatever these people need. Americans I know not all of you are Americans that tune in but Americans rally for each other in times of need as I'm sure is the same way across the globe and uh this is yet another example of one of those times so again our our prayers and thoughts are with the victims of the uh, Las Vegas shooting and um you've got all our support that's for sure more somber stuff I just wanted to touch on real quick um Today marks not only 52 episodes and a full year at, at bjpenn.com radio for us, but uh, also the passing of uh, the little brother of one of my best friends, Alonzo De Pina, um to the entire Alejo Nunez family, uh, and my dear friend George Serrett. I love you guys. Just want you all to know that <clears throat> my heart goes out, goes out to you all as well on this day. Very emotional week, my friends. Um, you've all seen it. And, of course, the passing of, of Tom Petty as well. Uh, rest in peace, Tom Petty. Love that guy's music. But we got to keep it moving. We got to push through. And let's get into some news. As first reported by BJPenn.com, our own Chris Taylor, Justin Gaethje and Eddie Alvarez is official for UFC 218. Big props to Chris on that. And it looks like uh, most places, most sites are, and outlets are citing us. Cite sites, huh? (laughs) Most media outlets are citing us properly at this point. So official for UFC 218, Frankie Edgar, Max Holloway, also official for UFC 218. That's going to be a great fight. I'm sure you all know that the pace and tenacity of Edgar versus that same tenacity and, uh, Young blood and killer killer instinct of Max Holloway. Another great fight added to UFC 218. Cub Swanson, Brian Ortega, that'll be the main event for UFC uh, on December 9th in Fresno. It's going to be UFC fight night. The number is escaping me at the moment. Um, so three big fights announced this week. Anthony Johnson, he's met with UFC brass to discuss a return at heavyweight. Very cool stuff. And quite the short hiatus for Anthony Johnson. He made it seem like this was it. He was going to walk away permanently from the sport. But here we are only a couple months later. And he's back in negotiations to move up to heavyweight. uh, A weight that he has competed at before. And I have no doubt that he'll have uh, success in heavyweight in the UFC as well. But very cool stuff to see him come back. Chris Cyborg, she's canceling her negotiations with the UFC for the Holly Holm fight. Uh, That's right after she felt uh, insulted and and was only offered less money than she was when she fought Tanya Evinger. So she felt insulted by that and has withdrawn her uh, portion of the negotiations for UFC 219 against Holly Holm. Um, Speaking of the Las Vegas victims and and that tragedy, the UFC and Joe Rogan will be be donating proceeds uh, from this weekend, UFC 216 and Rogan's uh, stand-up show to the victims in Las Vegas. Uh, They weren't doing this together. They both did this independently, the UFC and, of course, Joe Rogan. But very cool of uh, both, both entities to be donating proceeds to the victims. Uh, Just another example of Americans rallying around Americans, my friends. um, Matt Hughes. Incredible, miraculous recovery that we all prayed for and was awesome. Awesome to see. And pull through all of this stuff. Um, he honored the nurses that helped him in the hospital following the accident that shook up the MMA community. Truly a miracle. And I think I speak for all of us uh, when I say thank you to those nurses as well. Uh, we would have lost a legend and that would have been, uh, that would have been hard for the MMA community. We've got some great exclusives on the site right now. Some stuff with Mike Perry this week, very entertaining as always. You guys have heard him numerous times on the show. More or less calls out the entire division, as he does every time. (laughs) Great guy, great read. Make sure you guys go check that out. Johnny Hendricks moves to Jackson Winklejohn. Looks like he's going to take his fate into his own hands and make a change that hopefully benefits him in the long run, and who knows what kind of Johnny Hendricks we're going to see next next time around. World-renowned. Jackson Winkle, John camp. So many of the great fighters of this sport have come out of that camp. So um, interesting move for Johnny. Let's see how it plays out. And, you know, 95% sure it'll probably be a good thing for his career. And now for some more of the funny and puzzling news from this week. Um, (laughs) Derek Lewis says he can't eat the McRib sandwich. And therefore, Fabrice over Doom is in trouble because of this fight. He couldn't eat the McRib sandwich, and he's going to take out that frustration on Fabrizio Overdoom. That's pretty freaking hilarious. I don't know whether this is hilarious, strange, or appalling. I don't know what to call this, but for some reason, I'm on board. George Foreman calls out Steven Seagal to a fight. Seagal says yes. I'm not quite sure what the hell is going on here, but... I would watch that guilty as charged something to keep your eye on UFC and Fox deal is now up for grabs UFC is eligible to uh, seek better offers from other companies at this point keep your eye on that could be some big changes depending on how that plays out I would imagine that Fox is going to do everything they can to keep the UFC but then again maybe one of the other big hitters in the media uh, we'll throw the right number at the UFC to keep them. And as we've seen with the new part, with the purchase of the company for 4.5 billion dollars, 4.6 whatever, they've been all about the money. So whoever gets the sweetest sweetest offer will get the deal, I'm sure. But again, something to keep your eye on uh, this up in the upcoming weeks. And of course, all of this in depth and much more at BJPenn.com forward slash MMA news. Go there now while you listen. Stay up to date. See all the important stuff in the sport. All the cool videos. You name it, we got it. BJPenn.com forward slash MMA news. And of course, as I said, prayers to the families of Las Vegas and all the victims. And uh, rest in peace, Tom Petty. Rest in peace, Alonzo De Pina. Um Been a tough week but we've got a great show to lift your spirits here tonight and we're going to jump right into things. I have talked enough. Our first guest, as I mentioned, Bellator heavyweight Matt Mitrione. Really cool conversation with him. Again, first time speaking with him and uh, man, one of the better conversations that we've had on the show. Um, Maybe not so much controversial interview, if you will, or You know, a guy calling out a division, but very cool intellectual conversation I had with Matt and uh, gained a ton of respect for the guy. Not to say that I didn't have a ton of respect for him before, but um, man, you actually get to chat with a guy like that. Very cool stuff. So kicking things off tonight. Former UFC heavyweight, former tough alumni or tough alum, rather. Bellator heavyweight contender, without a doubt. Matt Mitrione. All right, Penn Nation, please welcome to the show former UFC competitor, tough alumni, and arguably the Bellator heavyweight champ that has yet to be crowned. Uh, of course, I'm talking about Matt Mitrione. Matt, thanks for taking the time to join us today. Uh, where are you calling from?
2: Uh, I'm calling from South Florida in West, West uh, Palm Beach, Florida, I stay, when I come down here to train with Coach Henry and, and Coach Greg, I stay with an old college teammate of mine named Denny Sutherland.
3: Very good, very good. So clearly getting in some really great rounds with all those savages at Combat Club.
2: Yes, sir. That's how we roll, brother.
3: Now, speaking of Florida, I know you mentioned that you that you don't take up personal. Permanent...
2: Actually, you know what? Uh, just, just as a side note, Coach Henry opened up his own joint now. So Coach Henry coaches over at uh, Hard Knocks 365 where he has hoof kickboxing and Coach Greg has Jones wrestling there. So I haven't been to um, the combat club in a hot minute. Uh, Nothing against it. It's It's just Coach Henry's down south more often. And his place is down in Fort Lauderdale now. He actually has his own school going forwards.
3: Yeah, you know what, man, I have had that mixed up. I always thought that when the split initially happened with the Black Zillions that Combat Club was Henry Hoofed, but apparently that's incorrect. Henry Hoof split off to do his own thing, and Combat Club is a completely separate entity.
2: Correct, that is accurate. Henry Hooft was there, uh, in the interim and also but but Combat Club runs Henry's program, his kickboxing program. So we have like guys like Sean Soriano and a couple other dudes that are like that are have been brought up in the way of Coach Henry. And then he has them doing their, their, their coaching up there.
3: Do you get to see him often, man? He's uh he's a Rhode Islander as well. I'm a I'm a native Rhode Islander. Uh, you know, he gets a lot of a lot of love out here. Did you get to see him often, Sean Soriano? Dude,
2: Soriano's my dude. He's a, he's a he is a great human being. He's a, he's a, he's he is a great teammate. Uh and he's a he's a really good friend of mine. Great little dude.
3: Very good, very good. Uh so obviously man there's a lot there's a lot to talk about, a lot to discuss, but let's start with the Fedor fight. Um, the finish was pretty crazy, one of the best of the year, without a doubt. I'm wondering, can you walk us through that double knockdown and subsequent knockout?
2: <clears throat> yeah, man. Um, you know, Fedor is is really fascinating because the way he approaches a fight, mid-fight, is unlike anything I've ever seen before, where he is – he he's like a savant you know, for, for lack of a better expression. Like he, he takes it in and he calculates everything he sees. Like, it's like, you can just see if you, if his head was a calculator, you could just see like the accountant role just flowing through and just adding up on the ground, you know, like him trying to solve this, this number, like via puzzle. It was incredible. Um, and, and he, he couldn't figure out my movement, and so you could tell him he was like looking at my fists and my hips and my fists and my hips, and he just, he just couldn't figure it out. So um, he, and I felt like he tried to rush in on and get get a hold of my body, and I pushed him off and I walked into him straight ahead, straight forwards. And at that moment, he's so good that he realized that this is his best chance to punch me as of yet in that fight. So he threw a straight right, but when he throws it. He doesn't, he doesn't ever wind up. He goes straight from his hip to your face. There's no loading process. Yeah. So you can't see it coming, which is why he's been so successful because he's so quick and he doesn't load his punches. He's really explosive out of his hips. Like, I bet Fedor, if they did it back in the day, would hang clean you know, probably 500 pounds uh, because he's just such a specimen of, of athleticism and explosiveness. But I just happened to throw a lazy right hook just for distance's sake, because I walked up on him. And then I happened to land that hook because he opened his shoulders up to throw that straight. And then, uh, luckily, I, I have heavy enough bones where it rattled his head a little bit and he fell down. When he fell down his head at the ground, I fell down and hit my butt and I was like, yo, I, like, I, little, I swear to God. And, and at the moment it happened, I thought to myself, holy shit, he's so good, I don't want to stand back up with him. And so I, I, was, like, I, I was like, I swear to God, um, and I was like, so I, I, I was like, I need to finish this fight right now. So I, I jumped on him and thank God it worked out that way. But like, he's such, he's so good at what he does that I felt peril, uh, 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 if I stood back up with him.
3: Wow. So it sounds like you really appreciated his ability to, to make those little adjustments and really try to calculate what a guy's going to do and get those reads early on in a fight. Does, does that sound accurate?
2: That that is extremely accurate, and and he's, um, and, and that's the thing too. Like I, I really meant what I was saying, and I hope it didn't come off as like as being dismissive of him. But I didn't come up watching fighting, so I did, I, I that was a football guy. So when Fedor was Fedor, I didn't know who Fedor was because I was still playing football. Right. So it it was never that big of a deal to me to fight him. I hear so many people being like, oh oh my god, that's Fedor, blah blah blah. But for me, it was just fighting another dude who has got a great reputation. Um, and so it wasn't really that that much, but when, in the middle of the fight, I can tell you that there's nobody I've ever fought before that did what he did, that had the capability to make me uncomfortable when I'm dictating tempo and distance, and that's impressive.
3: Wow, that's a very candid answer of you, and a really cool perspective to hear. You don't, especially on a win, you don't hear a guy, you know, talk about his opponent in that regard. But it sounds like, regardless of you not you not watching him coming up. Uh, in your own career and, you know, when you were playing football or, you know, him in his prime, it sounds like he gained your respect pretty quickly.
2: Oh, for sure, dude. He, he's the best fighter i ever fought. Like, even if I didn't know what the hell he accomplished before, if I just walked in there and fought him, I would still say the exact same thing. Like, yeah. he, he is, and I've had, which is wild, because I've had fights that have gone on a long time. You know, I've had a couple fights go three rounds. Um, and, and I can tell you, even though this one only lasted 70-something seconds, it, it it, it was by far the most threatened I've ever been.
3: Wow. Wow. So it goes without saying that the performance was probably the biggest of your career, best of your career. Uh, And it was also one of those timeless finishes that, that sticks with everybody for a long time. But in retrospect, you know, everything that you're saying about uh, him being the best opponent that, that you faced, does it still feel like that big milestone moment for you?
2: Nah, it doesn't, you know, like, uh, because that's the thing like I it, it, like I said, once again, like at, at risk of sounding rude, Fedor is just a dude to me. So yeah. like, it's not like it's not it's not that. Like like that. I will get a moment like that in my career. I'm sure of it. I just haven't gotten it yet for me. Um like there there's a couple of fights like I can I can I don't even know what my record is anymore. I think I'm like twelve and five or something like that. I don't know. But, like, I consider myself, I think I only have three losses. Roy Nelson beat me, Brennan Shaw beat me, and um, and what's-his-name beat me? Uh, ben Rothwell. Uh, those three beat me. Sure, good for them. I don't consider my Czech Congo fight a loss, and I sure as shit don't consider my, uh, what's-his-name? Thomas uh, Brown. What's that? Thomas Brown. Yeah, I sure as shit don't consider that loss. Yeah. So, like, in, in those, so like, I feel like, like those people, I should have beaten them. I feel like I should have beaten everybody I fought. But they capitalize on mistakes that I made, and that's what they're supposed to do when you're in the upper echelon of being a fighter. Um, but sooner or later, I'll get that moment that that I feel will define my career and, and, and my progression as a fighter. But as of now, I don't feel like I've gotten it.
3: Well, I think that kind of lends itself to, you know, all the talk that everybody says you are, you are one of the, the best athletes to step into MMA. You know, this kind of lends itself to that, that it seems like you know your own capabilities – and that what you have yet to accomplish is going to be far greater than than this performance over Fedor.
2: I feel that I, I feel that on any given day I'm the best fighter in the world, and I understand a lot of people feel that way, but I feel like I am that solid of a fighter, and um, I feel like the only reason why people have ever beaten me is because I made mistakes. And now, granted, that's the difference between the superior and the good or the great is that the superior don't make mistakes and they capitalize on what people do. Or they make people, they put people in the positions where they make mistakes because they're uncomfortable and they're waiting to capitalize on that. So both that saying, what I'm saying kind of goes hand in hand with, with, with either lack of preparation or lack of experience, either one. I feel like I've always prepared as well as I possibly could have, but now it's at the point where I need to be the guy when somebody makes a mistake, I capitalize on it and I start building my legacy. And I start building. Then the, where people are like, damn, I wish he never went to Bellator because I want to see him fight, you know, uh, Verdum or Kane or who God knows what other dude. His, his name's out there. Yeah. But um and hopefully we get the Ali Act by right? someone about doing to say it.
1: That,
2: <laughs> hopefully, Connor is is going to testify because here he is. If he's going to testify in Congress to say, look, this is the reason why we need to do this, blah blah blah. Well, then I sure as hell can get the strap over here beat whoever I had to beat over in Bellator, and then go fight whoever for a unified world title. That sounds great to me.
3: Yeah, I have no doubt about that, man. That's something we've talked about extensively on the show, the Ali Act and guys supporting it. Um, I definitely think that that would be the best thing for the sport, but more importantly for you guys as athletes um, when it comes to, you know, going to the negotiation table and putting on the fights that the fans would really love to see. So uh, I agree with you We that. Well, on you know, it's,
2: it's, I, I totally you agree with what you're saying, and I think that's a big thing. But you got to remember something that – I went to the negotiating table with Lorenzo Fertitta. Me and him, head-to-head, no lawyers, just us having negotiations. Uh, and I told him what I wanted, and I told him why I wanted it. And, uh, you know, he scoffed at me. Because at the moment, there was really nowhere else to go. But I told him, I was like, look, dude, either I get what I want, or I'm bouncing, or I'll retire, I'll be done. Uh, and luckily, Bellator came in, and I was like, "Hey, look, I got you. We negotiated, and it was a hell of a lot better deal than what I would have gotten from, from the UFC. But even with the UFC... They would have increased my my purse, my fight purse, almost a hundred percent, which they don't ever do. That's pretty much unheard of. Yeah. Um, so it was a situation in which you're 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 bargaining against a stacked deck, but you still have some kind of leverage. But it's not nearly the kind of leverage we would have if we had to react, jump in, and say, "Hey, look, this is where I'm at, and this is the reason why I want what I want."
3: Yeah. Yeah. Well, that that's that's interesting to hear that he scoffed at you, first of all. And second of all, I agree with you 100%. Competition, I mean, anybody who knows free market capitalism will understand that competition is best for business across the board. So Bellator coming in, I I think I get where you're you're going here with this, that maybe before Bellator had this recent rise with Scott Coker, the Ali Act probably wasn't even going to be an option. Is that where you're kind of going here?
2: 100%.
3: Okay.
2: 100%. Until Viacom came in, and, and Scott Coker came in, where, where they were like, "Okay, look, Mr. Coker, you, you, we we know you know what you're doing. You're time tested. We'll go ahead and, and take the reins here." Um, but now the Ali Act is, is a massively viable thing. And on top of that, let's take into consideration the names at which the UFC has let go or Bellator has has pulled over, and then look at how well they've done. Yeah. Right. Like there there's a handful of names that have not done well over in Bellator, and so that means that Bellator's talent is actually pretty damn legit. So why would Bellator not want the, the Act to come through? Because now we can go head-to-head with UFC guys that are top tier, and look, we've already been whooping some, some UFC ass, yep. so how, how do you like me now?
3: Yeah. And that's a legit
2: conversation for them.
3: Absolutely, and going right along with this, I mean, when Paul Daly, you know, starches friggin' uh, uh, Laurent Malkin, I mean, it only, And, again, and
2: Lima. And Lamo beat Lorenz pretty handily.
3: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that that only further boasts that Bellator has all of the great fighters as well. And just like Scott Coker was able to do with Strike Force, I mean, you look at the UFC only a year or two ago, I think 80% of the champions were Strike Force fighters.
4: Yeah.
2: yeah, yeah, absolutely. And yeah. how about this that that Scott Coker isn't just doing a free-for-all? He didn't go after uh, Travis Brown, he didn't go after Alistair Overy, he didn't go after Al Sterling. So there are guys that are that are that are free agents that don't get offers. So he's not just like picking up whatever, but he has to pick up heavyweights because the world wants to see heavyweights. So he's going. He has to go after Frank Mir or Frank Mir is eligible, even though he can't fight for a while. He has to pick up names like that because they're they're heavyweights. Period. But are they worth the time and effort? Are they worth the draw? Yeah. That's what gets picker out.
3: Well, you know what? I, this is a very interesting conversation and where it's leading. I think I'll skip forward here a bit. Uh, You know, you talk about the heavyweight division in Bellator. It's been lacking for a long time, but building up now. uh, We've had the debut of Roy Nelson, and, of course, uh, the addition of Frank Mir. That'll be great. Uh, Yourself, Chet Congo, all big names, recognizable names. Most most hardcore fans know you guys, and household names, you know, for the casual fan as well. But in regards to the title picture, Scott Coker is, I believe last week it said that He'd like to crown a champ in early 2018, but he is open to a tournament. I'm wondering, uh, where do you stand on that? Would you prefer to see a tournament, or would you rather, for instance, be a guy involved in the title fight in early
2: 2018? Um, I would love to be in the title fight in late 17. Right. Like, I, I want to fight, dude. Like, dude, I've only fought one time in 17. That sucks. Like, I understand what happened with Fedor... Um, but I wanted to fight, you know, that fight like four weeks later in, in Chicago. Uh, it's just, you know, I, I'm 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 not getting any younger. I want to fight. I want to earn my time. I've got a fan base that wants to watch me fight. So um, if, if we have to wait until 18, cool. But I sure as all hell would rather have a title fight in early 18, and then be, be, be the 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 cherry on top of the Sunday when it comes to that heavyweight tournament, right? Like let whoever they want fight their ass off to get the opportunity to fight to me like Bellator used to do, cool. However that goes, cool, I don't care. If you want me to fight in the tournament, well, we got some negotiating to do. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, it sounds like an interesting conversation.
3: Yeah, yeah. So it sounds like at this point, have you been approached about a title fight? Was that guaranteed to you at all with the win over Fedor? Or is this all just still up in the air at this point?
2: I have not had a conversation about anything with Bellator other than the fact Hey, I really want to have a fight. Like fight me. I want to have a fight. I'm asking them on a regular basis. My manager uh, Matt Apteker is asking them. Hey, I want to fight. Get get me a fight. You pay me to fight. You, you, you need you, you need heavyweights in there. Let me get down and do my work.
3: No. So. What is what is the response to that? I mean, at this point, it seems like it would only make sense to have you fight, whether whether or not it may be for a title. I mean, you need to feed your family and, and things of that nature, so fighting is your job. You know, what has the response been to you asking for a fight consistently?
2: I have, have not gotten a fight offer yet, <laughs> but I'm trying my best to get a fight. Trying.
3: Yeah, I believe it. I believe it. Now, I mean, at this point for you, like I said, it makes a lot of sense for you to fight for the strap. Is that... Is that one of the big components to you getting getting another fight here does it does it have to be for a title or no?
2: no, no, it doesn't I, there's nothing in my in my like do I think I deserve a title? sure, what the hell why not uh or do I think I deserve a title shot yeah, sure, what the hell, why not? yeah, but I don't really care like that'll all work itself out i, I I'm not like I just want to be active, brother. I just want to get in and do some scrapping. Like, I don't do well on the sidelines. I start tearing shit apart in my house. I remodel (laughs) stuff that needs to be remodeled. Like, if I don't do that, I start drinking and hanging out. So like, I I, I need, I'm a person who needs um, a mission in life. I need a carrot, I need something. I don't do well being aimless and ambitionless. So give me a carrot, let me know about it, and let me go earn my money.
3: Yeah, something to focus on and look forward to.
2: Yes, I need that. Like otherwise, I, I I become self-destructive or house-destructive.
3: So, that being said, I mean the the title picture with the former champ and then not having a champ for so long. What do you think? It's, it's taken them so long to to really try to figure this out. Like like we've been talking about with the tournament there, possible title fight early you know, in the year. What I do you think? Know, it's taken them so long think to think figure about, this
2: out. If you think about this too, just on on a, on a on a totally different level, there's not a whole lot of heavyweights that they have, right, that Biltler has. So if they go through a tournament, that knocks off the next four or five contenders.
3: Yeah. Like
2: mm-hmm. So then they have to fight each other to see who wins, like, one or two. So it's almost like a, like a double elimination tournament right. to get to a top line. Do you understand that?
3: Oh, absolutely. And that was going to be my next question to you is, uh, is, is Scott Coker actually making the wise move here and trying to build all of you guys up and maybe do this thing a little differently than just, as you said, have a quick tournament, a title a, you know, a title is given to somebody, and then we're not really sure how to go forward.
2: Yeah, I, I don't know. I, Mr. Coker's a smart dude. He gets paid a hell of a lot more than I do to make decisions I don't have to make. Right. So, <laughs> um, you know, uh, it, it is, I'm sure whatever he's going to do is going to be well thought out and well planned. Uh, and I'm sure Viacom's going to sign off on it and be like, hell yeah, that's a great idea. Uh, but I know, as or, or Paramount, whoever the hell, whatever station it is, or ownership, or whatever it is, but whatever's going on with it, I, all I want to know is who am I fighting? Actually, I don't even care who I'm fighting. Just tell me when I'm fighting. Like, Just say, hey, look, at the end of the year um, in Ireland in December 18th, you're going to fight. Cool, awesome, sounds great.
3: Yeah. I just made
2: that up. I don't know if that's actually a date or not. I have no <laughs>
3: idea, but I'd have to check that myself. I ju-
2: right on I just want to get down that's all I want to
3: do right right well you know we talked about uh the addition of Roy Nelson to the roster obviously Chuck Congo Frank Mir these are all great fights great opponents for each respective guy and a few of you are very familiar with each other um first what, what did you think of Roy's debut and uh how badass do you think a tournament between you guys would be for all the fans
2: um, I, I, did, I don't watch fights much anymore, so I didn't watch voice fight. Uh, he's a good friend of mine. I'm happy he won. Uh, I heard he won pretty convincingly. I think he even had like a 26 in there, I think, uh,
3: yeah, which is great. Uh, yeah, I want to say a 26 as well, if not a 25, but I think just a 26. You're correct.
2: Well, so uh, he did a hell of a job. Uh, I think it was, it was a decision. Is that correct? Yes, yes. So yeah, so I, he, I, I'm happy for him. He's a good dude. Actually, I called him and I think I texted him to have heard back from him. Yeah, he's probably just doing something with his wife or running his business or whatever. But um, you know, I'm happy for him. How, how good would a tournament be? You know, I'll be honest with you, man. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I don't know what to what benefit it would be. So, for example, there. Uh, all right, so there's – I was just wondering how how close on the line I want to teeter here. Um, But uh, so the UFC is a privately held company, right? Yeah. Uh, When Rampage left, he said publicly, one of the things he left and disliked the most about the UFC was that there were two sets of books, that there were public numbers that Dana White would let out about pay-per-views And then there's a private number. He would say, actually, we only had this number. So Dana White would come out and say, we had 800,000 pay-per-views, blah, blah, blah. But then they would only pay you on the private number. And Rampage is like, that's bullshit. If you're going to say this number out loud in public, then you're going to pay me on this number out loud in public. Um, And there's nothing they could do about it because it's a privately held company. So they would never disclose their actual pay-per-view numbers. Um, So now with that being said, Bellator went to the pay-per-view market, by going into the pay-per-view market, we had Fedor and me and Michael Chandler uh, and Primus, um, and a couple other dudes and Chael and whoever else like Chael and Vanderlay. Uh,
3: Vanderlay, yeah, um,
2: yeah. And it, it was it was a it was a pretty substantial fight card. Well, we had Fedor, the greatest of all time, on that card, and we still didn't even hit two hundred thousand buys. So I don't know how much interest a tournament would generate because it hasn't to date with one previous opportunity, it hasn't shown beneficial um, or, or, or fruitful. So I don't know what it would be. So like we have to disclose our numbers. We have to say, Hey, look, it's where we trade a company. let say, look, we only got 125,000 buys, right? Like we can't be like, Oh, we had 500,000. It was a raging success. and not really have that, you know, and and be able to to mask it. So I don't know. Like, so we we can't pimp ourselves or peacock ourselves the way that another organization can. So would there be interest in it? I I don't know. I would love to say yes, because that's my ego, saying, hell yeah, everybody wants to see us fight. But I think statistically, it doesn't necessarily qualify to say yes, it would be substantial. So I hope that's not too much of an asshole or, or uh, an, an intellectual's answer. No, that's an that's honest, honest
3: answer. That's an honest answer for sure. And, you know, while I think for the hardcore fans, that would definitely be a great thing for there to be a tournament, but you're absolutely right. Does that make financial sense and would it be best for business? But to stay along with that, you know, given the numbers, the, the weak numbers on the pay-per-view for Bellator, do you think it, that's going to be a long time, time away before we see another Bellator pay-per-view? That would probably be, well, be best for business, but, right? But
2: doesn't that make you wonder, though? Like, if we – was it a weak number? Like, it, what are the UFC's real numbers? Like, right. are, they, are they close to where we are? Like, was that kind of par for the course of the market? You know, like, and how does, how does it take six weeks, seven weeks to come out with Bellator's numbers and Dana has them that night or the next day?
1: Right, right. Like
2: <laughs> how how the hell does that happen? Yeah. Like and you would think that Viacom has access to some form fashion of getting expedited numbers. It's F and Viacom. Yeah. Right? Like so I d I don't know. I don't understand that stuff. There's a lot of things that I don't understand about the pay per view game that go on, but I'm intelligent enough to find the the loopholes and the inconsistencies in them and say, Look, that doesn't necessarily make sense.
3: Yeah. Well, that's that's the that's the shady business with private business, right? I mean and as You're, you said, you that's the reason right, why a right. lot of guys have left. So, um, but listen, yeah. Matt, you've been more than generous with your time. I just have a couple more questions here for you. Um, right on, man. We've uh, we've established that you've been wanting to fight. Doesn't matter if it's a, it's for a title. You prefer to fight for a title before the year's end. Uh, but if you were given the choice of, of to fight any of these opponents that we've been talking about here, any of the big names that have just joined the roster, who would you prefer to fight? <sighs>
2: You know, man, I'm really going to make you irritated here. You give me a piece of paper and I'll sign it. (laughs) I don't care who it is. I believe I'm the best in the world on any given day. So it doesn't matter what color his eyes are, what color his hair is, what his waistline looks like. It doesn't matter. I'm still going to whoop that ass. So there's nobody I care about fighting more than just signing on a piece of paper. That's all. I just want to be busy.
3: Yeah. No, honest answer not irritating at all, man, at, at this point you just want to get back in there and all of the all of the opponents that, that make the most sense are all quality. Uh I was just interested to know if you had any preference to stylistically in, a match up with any of these guys. But um should all the fans have any question question whether or not that you'll be crowned Bellator champ at least sometime in twenty eighteen?
2: Um, I, I think that uh I, I if I don't get a shot at the title relatively soon I would be I would be very surprised. I think I've earned it. I think my fighting style has earned it. I think my personality has earned it. Um, so if not, then I'll go I'll go put hands on somebody else, knock that ass out and, and just sit back and wait the same hands I'm waiting right now.
3: Alright. Now in conclusion, man, what can all the Matt Mitrion fans expect in your next fight, regardless of opponent, and why should everybody make sure to tune in?
2: You know, man, I, I've been wrestling a lot with, with Purdue University uh, and Coach Craig, and I've been wrestling with, with uh, Tyrell Todd, who was a, a three-time All Big Ten guy. I've been wrestling with Purdue's uh, heavyweights, and uh, you know it's it's fun. I, I've really been developing my my close, my my Greco, my pummel game, my body lot game, uh, my comfort level being nipple and nipple uh, with another dude who wants to try to get me to the ground. And um, it, it's I'm not I'm not saying I'll ever go for a takedown again. I learned my lesson against Ben Rothwell, but. I know that I am much more comfortable and I am much more prepared in this situation if it ever comes up again.
3: So it sounds like you're just more, you're more looking forward to going out there and showing another wrinkle of your game and uh, another reason why you are the baddest man Jim on the Bellator heavyweight roster. That's Or in the world. You're damn right. All right. All right, man. Well, listen, it's been a great conversation. It's been an absolute pleasure to speak with you. I know this is the first time for us, and uh, hopefully we, we get an opportunity to have you on the show again when a fight finally gets announced for you. Um, any shout-outs you'd like to get in before we let you go?
2: Um. Yeah. Yes, I would. I'd like to send a shout-out to a couple of sponsors. Um, Hi, those You guys have been great to me. CBD Drip, you guys have been fantastic to me. Um, and, you know, and, and uh, Wingstop yo, go get some chicken wings. They support me. They support my family, and uh, and they're a damn good group. And they fed a ton of people down in, in Houston from the hurricane. I don't even think they got any pubs. didn't even want any pubs from it. So Wingstop took, like, all their mobile trucks, all their restaurants down there and, and, and fed the masses down there. And I'm, I'm, I'm proud am I'm impressed to be a uh, part sponsored by them.
3: Wow, that's a beautiful story to hear, man. And I've said it on the show many times. Our hearts go out to everybody affected by all of the hurricanes and tragedies that have gone on recently, but uh, real quick before we let you go, man, you mentioned CBD there. Uh, just give me your opinion on the uh, NSAC uh, deciding to get rid of that, or yeah, I believe it was the NSAC that said that they would allow yeah. use of CBD.
2: Yeah, yes, they did. I'm, 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 I'm really happy with that, man. Like that, there is a direct line between combat sports, painkillers, heroin addiction. Overdoses. There's a direct line between all that madness uh, and financial ruin. So, if we can start to be able to take non-lab-manufactured, uh, man, uh, you know, chemical-produced madness, we can start going the more natural route. And if some of us get benefits from that, then it's a hell of a lot better. And uh, I'm happy with it. Uh, I like I like how uh, CBD affects my body. I like the, the feeling I get from it as far as like, I don't ache, I don't have a lot of pains, I feel more relaxed when it's time to go to bed um, and I feel a mental clarity. I like it. Um, and I mean, hell, I had a procedure done today down in South Florida and like I, they were like, hey, do you want these painkillers? And they gave me like Narcos and Percocets. Nice. And I said, no, I said, no, I don't, I don't want them. Like, go ahead and keep the script. I got my CBD. So, I'm happy with that and I'm glad the fact that they are starting to be less, uh, less control minded about natural remedies. I'm happy about that. Absolutely. I don't even smoke weed. Like I used to, I, I didn't go to high school. I went to school high. Got high all the time back in the day. I'm not even, I don't even haven't smoked weed in, in, in years, like damn near a decade probably. And I'm still happy with the product of CBD. So it's not just for burnouts. It's for people that are health conscious and don't want manufactured chemicals in there.
3: Well, I think that's why it's been doing so well, is just like you said, it's not for burnouts. I mean, uh, Boss Roon, we've had on the show many times, he talks about his new uh, deal with a CBD company and how it took, you know, for him, he didn't like the idea of getting high, but he liked the benefits of medical cannabis, and then CBD coming along, it was the perfect match for him. It sounds like it's the same for you. But, uh, yeah, agreed, man. Anything to help you guys curtail all that nonsense and madness that you spoke about. Um, But, again, listen, man, greatly appreciate the time. And uh, hopefully we get to catch up again soon.
2: Sounds great, brother. Thanks a lot, man. Thanks for the time. All
3: right. You have a good day. Bye, buddy. Bye. All right, Penn Nation. That was Matt Mitrione, Bellator heavyweight. Soon to be in a title fight, I have no doubt. If not early 2018, following a heavyweight tournament, which sounds to be uh, the plan so far uh, for Scott Coker in regards to the, di- the division. But you heard him talk about it there. Matt M- Mitrione, you heard him talk about it. Uh, you do wipe out all your top contenders if you do a heavyweight tournament. So I agree with him on that. You know, it's it's one of those things we'd love to see tournaments. But when you don't have a lot of depth to a division, makes a great point there. But again, have no doubt that he will be competing for the heavyweight title in 2018 whether it be early or uh you know maybe a few months into the calendar year a lot of great matchups for him Czech congo frank mir roy nelson and i'd imagine that list will only continue to grow as time goes on for bellator also with the uh, Act, the stuff he he mentioned there that it's only good for bellator very true very true And uh, with Conor McGregor at the helm here, it seems like this might get finally pushed through and be a great thing for athletes across the board as we had discussed there. So, as the nickname with our uh, next guest, let's waste no time and jump right into things with Volkan Ozdemir. As I had said earlier, calls out DC on Twitter. DC responds, gives him props, agrees to the fight. Now it's in the hands of the UFC to uh, make the fight happen. Hopefully it does. And we'll talk about all that from top to bottom. A little bit about Jon Jones. And of course about Gokhan Saki, as I had uh, mentioned earlier. This is the fighter's voice, the voice of the fans. BJPenn.com Radio. Coming up next, Volkan, no time, Ozdemir. And Nation, please welcome back to the show the number two ranked light heavyweight in the UFC, a man on a mission for gold who has made his ascension to the top of the division in no time at all. Of course, I'm talking about Volkan Ozdemir. Volkan, thanks as always for taking the time out of your day to speak with us, man. Uh, I'd imagine we're catching you between training sessions.
5: Yes, between training session, but also I took some time off to visit some new place, some new house. So I'm glad uh, I'm glad I could have a, a transition to soon, so to a better place.
3: Oh really? So you've you've purchased the new home in Florida?
5: Oh no, for now I'm just gonna rent. But um, uh, I'm gonna wait till I I do any big purchase, you know, because I'm first of all um I'm, I'm gonna use that the money I earn right now to to reinvest in my training.
3: Yes, yes, I know we spoke about that before. Okay.
5: After that, I'll be able to. <laughs> to be uh, good, you know.
3: Yeah, yeah. I know we've spoke about that before, but I'm wondering, man. Uh, being Florida and and all the crazy stuff that's gone on there recently, I just wanted to ask: Were you there for the hurricane?
5: Um, I was. Um, I was. Uh, I had the chance to be uh, back home in Switzerland 'cause because I had to do uh, some PR, you know, stuff. And um, I was for the UFC Rotterdam in mm. Netherlands, and I did. Uh, I went to France and uh, and uh, London so i was away but uh my fiance was stuck here and uh so it was a little bit hard i wanted to go back but then the line were were cut you know i just wanted to come back to help her
3: how did she make out everything all right
5: yeah it was good actually it's um because it changed from category five to category three yeah. and then you know and power was was good just a few trees fell um and uh, next to some cars. Hopefully, our car had nothing. <laughs> but uh, it was good.
3: It was good. Okay. Well, very good. I'm glad to hear that. Uh, so lots to talk about. But obviously, the big news from this week is that you had asked Daniel Cormier for a crack of the title, and DC obliged uh, your your request. I know this fight is not yet official with the UFC, but tell us a little, a little bit about the request to him for the fight, and why this fight makes the most sense for the division right now.
5: I think it he, he makes the most sense because, um, I'm on three, uh, uh, fighting, three fights win and, um, and I fought, uh, the, the top guys, you know, I, I fought, uh, I fought, uh, number six, the number seven, and then the number three. And, um, I'm just, uh, you know, it's, uh, I'm just having a good momentum right now. Uh, I had three big, big names, so three, three wins against the big name and, uh, I'm just feeling great, and uh, like Gustafsson is uh, just uh, there is only Gustafsson ahead of uh, up on me, you know, in the in the first place. But um, I tried to fight him, and he, he didn't respond. So I guess uh, now uh, now it's it's perfect for me to to be fighting DC next.
3: Yeah, there's a lot of circumstances that have kind of lined up this fight for you, and, and Gustafsson was something I wanted to talk about in a second here. But DC had no hesitation to give you props and accept the challenge. I'm wondering, would you agree if, if that, you know, that kind of speaks volumes to the type of athlete he is, in my opinion. I'm wondering, would you agree with that?
5: Oh, definitely, you know, and um, uh, you, you can see he's willing to fight any, anybody. Um, I mean, I got a lot of respect for Cormier. He beat everybody in, uh, in the heavyweight division. Then he, he came down to the light heavyweight division, and also, he, you know, he was better than everybody else. Yeah. So definitely he's a he's a he's a really good fighter, he's a he's a he's a big athlete and the fact that he was asking the fans, you know, about a fight, you know, means like he's he's ready to fight anybody else in the world.
3: Yeah, again, it was just very cool and refreshing to see a champion, you know, uh, uh respond to a call out like that and accept the fight and, and give you props, it was very cool to see. But you know, last time we would spoke you were campaigning for the fight with uh Gustafsson for the crown of, of the Europeans. Um, and to determine a true number one contender. However, it seems like everything that's happened with John Jones, that's really opened up an opportunity for you to fight DC. And you know, given that uh, Gustafson's already lost to Daniel, was that the, d- the direction that you felt things were going after Jones was stripped of the t- of the belt?
5: Uh, I think so. I think he helps too because um, he has already two shot at the belt. And uh, he came really close twice, so I understand how frustrating he was because he had some uh, split decision, and there were really, you know, like a lot of fans were booing, you know, the <laughs> the, the the results. Yeah. So, um, so you know, it's like the kind of the uncrowned king, <laughs> I guess. But um, no, ex- exactly. You know, I think he had already two two chances to to fight for the title, but now, you know, it's uh, it's my time and and uh you know I, I, as i told you i got that momentum and uh the division needs fresh, fresh blood
3: yeah yeah fresh blood it's a new face a new fight and uh i mean it just seems like all the circumstances given everything is lined up for you perfectly here uh i know you said that you believe jones will come back you know but as a guy looking from the outside in on his situation his you know the your perspective um has all the controversy with john jones has that tarnished his legacy in your opinion
5: um it's hard to answer to this uh because um the way jones fights it's just amazing yeah. you know he's he's doing stuff um, nobody does he just has he just has an I really high iq you know when it's about fighting uh he's doing uh stuff with a uh, perfect timing you know like crazy spinning back elbow and you know so it's it's you know you cannot take anything off um, John Jones because he has so much talent. So I don't think he really tarnishes legacy because when you watch his fight, he doesn't win because he's uh, only you know of course because he probably helped, but he doesn't win because he's you know so so strong so big you know it's not it's all about the 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 intelligence he has and also the and also the the IQ you know the fight IQ. So yeah, yeah he's a, he's just an amazing athlete
3: absolutely absolutely i just think it's 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 really tough he's in he's in a sticky situation but i i agree with you i do believe he will be back and hopefully that opportunity presents itself for you two to fight down the road uh maybe him coming back to challenge you for your title um but as i mentioned the stars aligned here with everything that went down with jones and gustav sanerdi competing for the title twice here we are less than a year in the ufc everything that you've predicted has come true Looks like you'll be fighting for the title very soon. How crazy has this ride been for you so far, man? I know you never really doubted yourself, but um, did you think you'd be in this position where you are and, and, you know, truly confident in in all of this coming to fruition this quickly?
5: I mean, uh, it it is a blessing, definitely. Um, I've been uh, dreaming about it um, and vindling that, and uh, I think it's just happening right now because... uh, I wanted it to happen, and uh, I think I, I did everything, everything I could to 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 make everything happen, and uh, that's I just having the reward of my hard work, and um, like now next is the belt, you know, and uh, it's uh, it's uh, it's just a blessing uh, everything that's happening to me right now, actually.
3: So in regards to the date, has there been any talk with DC's people about you know when they'd like this fight to take place? Um, I know that you've been targeting, you know, January, February, uh, but what date or venue makes the most sense for you right now?
5: Yeah, uh, I still haven't really looked at the date, but uh, I don't think it's going to be before uh, beginning of the next year, and um, so it's going to be I had a really, you know, quick uh, run at the UFC after nonstop, and uh, and now I'm just going to take some time, also, you know. To to breathe a little bit and uh, get ready for this big
3: fight. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the turnaround, the quick turnaround, has been a benefit for you so far. But uh, you also need to take the time to, um, you know, really prepare for this one. It's the biggest fight of your career for sure. Um, but give us your thoughts on DC and the problems he poses in this matchup, and in turn, what strengths do you bring to the table that that he's never really seen or felt before.
5: I don't think um, I don't think he he, he really had. Uh, you know, like, um, that kind of a position with me, because, um uh, because right now there is also not a lot of tapes about me. Uh, there is not nothing you can study much and, um uh, people still doesn't really know what, what I'm capable of. And, uh, that's, uh, that's something uh, I will bring the element of surprise. And, um uh, uh, I just, it's just that I'm dangerous in uh, in, uh, every 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 situation you know I have a big knockout power and uh, I don't get tired easily and uh, you know i'm gonna'm I'm gonna fight uh, I'm gonna fight for it
3: well you know speaking of that uh, that grinding wrestling style that you know that's his bread and butter he's been able able to really wear guys down in there you know aside from the obvious takedown defense and, and, and things and things of that nature, what would the primary focus be for this fight camp would, would it be on cardio and you know in case you have to go to those later rounds? I know you have a prediction of inside two minutes, which I'll get to in a bit here. But uh, if the fight was to do that, you know, what would the focus be for you? Would you be focusing focusing on cardio and take down defense so, going into the no, fight I with No, I them? think
5: my my, my um, preparation will be exactly the same as, as it was always. I'm just trying to make everything more professional every time. I'm trying to correct um, all the all the stuff I, I thought it was not on point and uh, always trying to make better uh, each and every time. So I think I'm just going to keep the same, uh, the same strategy uh, of training and the same fight camp.
3: And it sounds like you're definitely confident you could go five rounds with him in a war. If it, if, if it was to go to a war a five round decision and, and be, uh, you know, not have any cardio issues through the fifth round, through the 25 minutes.
5: I never fought a, a five round, but um, I know I fought OSP, uh, a Full three round, and uh, I wasn't even really training, you know. Yeah. So, so my cardio was okay, and uh, I mean, not really okay during that fight, but uh, you know, I, I pushed through because I know I have the mental, and um, you can do a lot of stuff with the mental, you know, you can push through obstacle, and, um, and that's 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 why uh, I'm I know it's going to be all right. It's just a few adjustments I need to do and to get ready for a five round,
3: yeah, yeah. I mean, I agree with you 100%, man, coming into the fight with the OSP on such short notice, going those full three rounds with him, with the full training camp, it would only make sense that you'd be able to hang in five as well. Uh, But changing gears here for a moment, you know, given your striking background, I wanted to get your opinion on the debut of uh, Go Saki. What did you think of his performance, and how do you think he'll do against the elite at 205?
5: I loved it. I really loved it. And, um... And uh, I was I was uh, really happy um, that, that he came, you know, as a as a, as a Turkish uh, man. And um, and uh, um, I, I was uh, really I, I couldn't wait to see how how well he's gonna strike in uh, in MMA because it's a totally different uh, uh, you know strategy when when it's about striking. You need to watch out about the takedowns. You need to change your distance. Uh, it's a small glove. So uh, yeah, I wanted to know you know how well he's gonna do, and he, he did really well. Uh, we we saw because the guy tried to take him down. We saw that he worked on his takedown defense. So I uh, I can't wait to see him uh, fighting somebody else next.
3: Yeah, well, when we had Boss Rutten on several weeks ago, he had said that uh, a fight between you and Gokhan would be awesome to see. You know, given his Dutch striking background, his love for the striking game. Um, if Gokhan can climb the ranks, I'd imagine that you'd love to fight him in the in the future.
5: Um. Yes, definitely not with the not with pleasure for sure. Um, because he's uh, from Turkey, you know, as as I am, and I think there is enough people in the world to fight, unless, <laughs> and uh, not the only two Turkish people in in uh, in the UFC. True. But um, but um, hopefully not. Definitely, because uh, I really loved him. Uh, I was watching him a lot when I when I was growing. And when I was training in Netherlands, I was uh, a little bit with him, but I was young, you know. I was like 18 when the first time I met him, and I, I had a few training with him, but uh, I don't think he remember. <laughs> but um, yeah, so I I really look look up to him, and uh, that's why I uh, I hope it's never gonna happen.
3: <laughs> well, as far as striking goes, I can understand where Boss is coming from, but as far as uh, fellow countrymen, I completely understand where you're coming from. So in that case, maybe you guys can just both uh, headline and co-headline a card. That goes to Turkey in the future for the UFC. Yeah, so
5: that will be amazing. <laughs>
3: Something else I wanted to ask you about was the uh, documentary you have out right now, right now called Anatomy of a Fighter. Tell us a little bit about that film.
5: Yeah, Will Harris is doing uh, an amazing job. He has the documentary um, coming, off, uh, coming out in uh, 2018, and right now he's releasing a bunch of video all the time. You know, and, uh, and then he, he took some time to to make a short film about uh, my uh, my first year you know my first run in the ufc and uh, actually he came to film some some one of the training it was a taekwondo training and then uh while we were driving there he just asking a question in the car and then he say oh wait 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 uh, because i start you know speaking he say let me record this and actually i did like a, i don't know like 7 8 minutes uh interview that he that he made a, a film about it because I just explained a little bit how was my first year in the UFC and then he say okay man wait some wait wait a few days and three days later he made a video about it like a short film and he, he saw that he, he sent that to me and I was like wow well, man <laughs> you're really good <laughs> <laughs> so so it just happened like this it wasn't supposed to happen like this but this guy is a he's a genius you know I love his video he has a, he's a, he has a lot of he's creative you know he has a lot of yeah, he has a good eye, and um, and uh, so guys, go check Anatomy of a Fighter on YouTube. It's a great channel.
3: Yeah, yeah, I, I saw that it was online, and uh, you know, I saw that it's a uh, kind of making the rounds right now. But I agree, any good uh, documentary film or uh, or uh, short film for that matter does great things for you guys in your in your careers. Um, I'd imagine that you're very happy with how your story is told throughout this thing.
5: Yeah, definitely. You know, uh, it was a uh, it was uh, a crazy first, uh, one year. <laughs> a lot of thing happened in the span of six months. It was fight after fight, and um, you know, I was called out in two weeks' notice, and then I was then I fought six times, uh, three times in six months. Yeah, and um, that was crazy because I was fighting uh, highly ranked guy all the time, and uh, I just made my name. And now I, I have a lot of friends right now around me tell me hey uh, some people also they, they cannot find fights uh, you know i have a friend of mine is he, a girl she's uh struggling to find a, a you know a pro fighter for a beginning fight uh, that's you know uh, and uh, she's telling me oh also i see maybe uh it's gonna happen for me one day i'll fight somebody uh, with a name and then everything uh, everything's gonna change really quick and i have a few other people that told me this and uh, i think it's a uh, it's it's uh, inspiring for other for other people, you know, so they know they can just you know sometimes just catch the opportunity.
3: Yeah, well, you know, it, it's very cool to hear how grateful you are for everything that's tr- transpired in your career. But I think with the documentary film, it's and and everything that's gone on, just another example of the stars aligning for you, my friend. But listen, getting back to DC, if you're able to knock him out in under two minutes as you've predicted. Um, I think you will officially take over Conor McGregor's place as a man who can see the future. What has made you so successful in predicting your fights in your opinion?
5: Uh, it's just that I believe in my capacity and I, and I, I just study the, the the person a lot. I'm trying to, you know, to analyze everything. And, uh, and that's, that's why, uh, I'm really confident also in myself because as long as you put the work, you know, you, you know what you're capable and what you're not capable of. And, uh, I know I put in tons of work, and I know what wh- what I want to do, you know, during my fight, and I know how I I, I know exactly how I can apply it. So then, uh, come five times, I'm, you know, I'm doing my best, and uh, and um, sometimes you know, quick knockout happen like this, and I, I'm not even looking for it, but uh, I have a, a big power, you know, and uh, this helped helped me a lot, you know.
3: Absolutely, well, it's it's surprising, shocking power to be honest with you, man, because as we've seen time and time again with your fights, um, doesn't take much. It doesn't take much from you. So uh, just another example, though, of all of this stuff lining up for you and, and your ability to predict these fights. It's very cool to be a part of and, and, and to watch happen. But uh, I know on Monday you talked about DC coming off of the knockout and how that could translate into this fight against you. Um, but talk to us a little bit about the punching power and, more importantly, the accuracy. You know, there's always been talk about DC's ability to take the punch, but how confident are you in your ability to finish him?
5: You know you you talk about precision and I think that's the case because uh you know I bring precision and I bring timing but as a light heavyweight I also bring power. So, this makes all the difference because uh it's you know it's it's something when you're um uh, featherweight and you talk about timing and, and you know and uh, Accuracy, but once you are able to do all of that and also apply the power of a two or five pound, uh, then uh, then that's why you know like stuff like this happen and yeah. um, and uh, it's a different world because uh, like it's a heavy man world and uh, you know every punch can like make people to sleep and uh, DC is a striker, but uh, I saw him punch hard, you know, a bunch of few times, so he has a, you know he, you should not sleep on his uh, striking you
3: Oh yeah, no, absolutely. He's uh, I mean, just his knockout of uh, Bigfoot Silva was when I was like, "Holy crap, this guy is this guy's something else." Um, but I think you know a lot of people were saying, um, Anthony Rumble Johnson. He wasn't able to finish DC, although he did land some some very powerful shots. But I think the difference is with you is as we talked about there, the accuracy and the timing of these strikes. Uh, I think it is on another level that you know DC has not seen yet. So I just wanted to get your opinion on that. But listen. All right, Volkan, we certainly look forward to the fight being made official and the fight itself. It's been an amazing ride, as I mentioned, to see you get to the top here, and we greatly appreciate you uh, allowing us to be a part of it. But in conclusion, man, what can all the fans do, all the media do, to help make sure that this fight gets made and that you become the champ in 2018?
5: Oh, that's something really great. Uh, You guys can just, you know, share all the, the story or share, like, uh, hashtags, you know, like talking about that fight because uh, let's make it happen. You know, um, DC DC use use the fans to make it happen and they they vote for it. So let's let's use the fans to make it happen for real. Let's uh, let's us be a force so so the UFC will really listen to us because um, DC want it, I want it, and uh, if the people want it, let's let's fucking do it.
3: I agree. That's all. That's the three to the four parts that, that needed to make it happen. So Lord knows we're on board. I know all the fans are on board and uh, anything we can do to help, man, we've always got your back. Greatly appreciate the time today, Volkan. Any shout outs you'd like to get in before we let you go?
5: Thank you. Yeah, you can guys, you can follow me on my social media, Instagram or Twitter or Facebook, guys. It will, will be
3: appreciated. All right. Very good. Thank you again, Volkan. We look forward to the fight being made and uh, having you on, on again soon. You have a wonderful day, my friend.
5: Thank you so much. All
3: right. Have a good day. Bye-bye. All right, Penn Nation, there you have it. Volkan, no time, Ozdemir. Incredible, incredible rise to the top. Record time. Record fast finishes, I mean, and his ability to predict these things. Um, You've heard him here on, on the show twice now predict that he would get a first round KO did exactly that and both times in under a minute. Hence the name. No time as a nickname for him. Can't say enough about the guy. And honestly, I'm just taken back by uh, how quickly this is all transpired for him. Go from unknown to the fighting for a title less than a year. If he wins the title, what an incredible story. It's been an incredible story so far, but greatly appreciate him uh, letting us be a part of that as well. You know, it's all about relationships here, and we try to uh, do right by all these fighters. Give them the promotion that they deserve, and uh, that same respect as well. So, very cool to be a part of all of this for Volkan and you know, assuming that this fight does get made by the UFC, can't wait for it. Can the wrecking machine that's bursted onto the, the scene in the division take on, you know, aside from the pound for pound best in the world and John Jones, take on one of the best that the division has seen in many, many, many years as well. Really cool stuff. And also, guys, make sure that you go check out his documentary, um, Anatomy of a Fighter, I didn't get a chance to watch the entire piece, but I did watch a, a clip of it, and it looked very well done. And uh, again, highlights this incredible journey for Volcan so far. Um, so again, big thank you to both Matt Mitrione and Volkan Ozdemir for coming on the show tonight. Another great episode, more great conversations on the Fighter's Voice BJ Penn dot com radio. Pray for Vegas do what you can give back to those people tune into UFC 216 this weekend because those proceeds will hopefully in turn benefit all of the victims from the Las Vegas shooting. So again, our heart goes out to all of them, the victims, their families. My personal heart goes out to the family of, uh, George Sarrett, the Nunez-Alejo family. As I said, guys, emotional week. Emotional week, but make sure you guys tune in next week to BJPenn.com Radio live at 8 p.m. That's Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific. On Wednesday, we'll have another great show, more great guests lined up, more awesome conversations for your MMA fix. For all things breaking, all things MMA news, all the viral videos, exclusive content, great interviews, like the two you just heard, go to bjpen.com forward slash MMA news, bookmark us, follow us on social media, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Google Plus. Set up notifications, guys. Get that breaking news when it breaks, because Lord knows we've been breaking a lot of it lately. Big shout-out to the team, Chris, Tom, Justin, Russell, of course, Scotty. It's been a fun year so far. I'd like to make the next year 10 times better, and hopefully we can get that done. Thanks for tuning in, Penn Nation. We'll catch you next week. I'm your boy, Kinch, signing out. This has been the Fighter's Voice, the voice of the fans, BJPenn.com radio.
4: spring into action at the 75th anniversary seattle home show presented by kitchen plus and lp spring is the time to renew and renovate see tiny homes and the dramatic outdoor living by night exhibit get kitchen and bath remodeling ideas and feed live butterflies purchase e-tickets at seattlehomeshow.com and get five dollar parking the seattle home show february 23rd through march 3rd at century Lake Field event center sponsored by the seattle times and master builders association Bring into action at the 75th Anniversary Seattle Home Show, presented by Kitchen Plus and LP. Spring is the time to renew and renovate. See tiny homes and the dramatic outdoor living by night exhibit. Get kitchen and bath remodeling ideas and feed live butterflies. Purchase e-tickets at seattlehomeshow.com and get $5 parking. The Seattle Home Show, February 23rd through March 3rd at Century Lake Field Event Center. Sponsored by the Seattle Times and Master Builders Association.